evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? All right, here we go again. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. Coming to you from the XM Studios in Toronto, like we do here every single fucking week. This is the week of September 19th, 2012. Uh, right in the studio beside me, I have the lovely Christina Walkinshaw. Yes. Hello, I kind of have a voice. And yeah. the host of the show, Darren Frost. Yes, How we are, are you, here. I'm very good. I'm one of the three who did not go to Vegas in the last week. So we're definitely going to talk much about that, your little trip down to Vegas. Now, uh, it was Dave's first... First trip to Vegas, but was it your first? Oh no, I've been like 20, 30 times. Right, twenty thirty. Like, really? Yeah, do you know who you're dealing with here? Right. Well, you also you spend a lot of time living in LA, so it's That's it's true. a bit of a difference. It's not like you flew from Toronto twenty times, like you got a gambling. No, problem. but I wouldn't put it past me. Right. And uh, so you but, guys went down for four days total. I was there for uh, yeah five days, and then I went to LA for the weekend and got home last night. Oh wow, you made a little tour there. I well, know. we were we were we were going down there with purpose. We were going down yes, there for yeah. a. Uh, a wedding of uh, Christine Von Hagen and uh, Luciano Casmiri. Yeah, a and, writer and a comedian uh, yeah. getting married together. Very, yeah. and there's a lot of comedians at the wedding. Let me and, tell and you. And just so everyone knows, Christine has been on the show many times. Yeah. So uh, that's that's exciting when a you know a performer gets married. It's a fun wedding. A bunch of performers together getting yeah. all fucked up. I'm sure. Yeah, oh. Vegas of that. That's fucked up squared. So what happened? <laughs> uh, I think we yeah we wandered through fucked up square a couple of times. <laughs> the. Uh, um, Oh, I, I don't know. It, it, you know what? I uh, I didn't because uh, there were so many people down there that we knew. Because it was the how big would you would you say the wedding party was? Sixty, like sixty days, maybe even eighty. I feel yeah, like that's what like yeah. seventy-five people told lot, me. Yeah. Like almost eighty people. Yeah. yeah. So there was no effort to meet new people. So yeah. I didn't. I basically just hung out and talked to the people that I already knew. Right. I didn't meet anyone new. As and there's some cool as, people there. Yeah. Like uh, John Dore was there, right? Uh, yeah. Well, John wasn't at the wedding, but he came out to the night before. Oh, did we he? Had, oh, like, okay. Drinks in one of the okay. suites. Uh, Dave was Foley he there was there. Russell Peters. Steve was so fucked up, he didn't even know John yes. was there. <laughs> I won't say what you were doing when John came in the party. Was it making out with Kathleen? Yes, it okay. was. Oh, yes. In front Former of Former co-host. Way to go. So many highlights. One of my highlights. All right, during the wedding, yeah. I don't... Some people know this, but Dave obviously dated Christine, like the bride, sure, many many years ago. They so, never said it on the show, so that's that's okay. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so as she's cutting the cake, Russell goes, "Hey, Dave, this must be awkward for you, eh?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he did say that. Yeah, got, yeah, a big, yeah. got a big laugh, and uh, I shook my head and I said, "No, it's not, not at all." And I just said, uh, oh, oh, "No, I didn't, I didn't." How long have uh, Luch and uh, Luciano and Christine been together? God, a long time. Maybe well, like eight, eight years? I was going to say eight years. Eight yeah, years, okay. Yeah. Well, they, they, then the two of them have outlasted how long Christine and I were together, which was totally. five. But, well, that's uh, still pretty good. That's still, that's I have a never lot been more in a relationship a lot, for five that's years. That's a long time for comics. That's, that's, uh, that is. That's double my That's average. like 10 Western tours. <laughs> Holy that's, like, that's like any, mar- any marriage is long, you know, it's that... Uh, it's, doesn't even yeah. last five years Jesus. a long time. But that's, the last... like, that's like a Kardashian grandparent kind of right? relationship. Uh, yeah, seriously. But the... the last night we were there, Dave and I and some of the other guests of the wedding, we mm-hmm. went downtown to the old Vegas, like right. Fremont yeah, Street. Yeah, of course, yeah. Where it's like dollar a beer and just... Anyways, and there's this weird log. 
LMFAO cover band and everybody's like dancing in the streets. <laughs> and Dave's wearing this pimp jacket and all of a sudden he attracts this entourage yeah. of crack dealers, crackheads, like drunken old men that look like George Carlin. Dave's fans. Uh, I mean, was, I've been to a show. It's his comedy It was like fans. a weird yeah. shirtless wizard looking George Carlin. Pan, yeah. yeah, panhandler with the spare change sign around. Meanwhile, and then and they all take turns like dry humping this woman in a wheelchair. Yeah. Right. I started was, that though. Wasn't I the first to start You were the first one to jump on the wheelchair lady. Um, it was <laughs> the funniest. Like my friend has video of it and it is so funny like david is weird fucked up entourage dancing in the street i guess well the way that i was acting was i think that must have encouraged like a crack dealer to come up to me it was like this guy hey, needs man. crack man hey, man you want to buy some powder some rock and then i we think did i, did I ask so you? drunk we looked like you could sell crack to us like right. that's yeah. how drunk we were did i ask you if we should buy some crack <laughs> did i did. i might have asked that yeah. <laughs> that things might that happen. only happen was, in vegas well <laughs> i urinated right in the middle of the street too <laughs> at, at the old Vegas. Uh, no Vegas. Oh, that's what you no, do no, in the no, old days. No, 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 no. It was in the. It was about a block from our hotel. I know. Then he comes bragging about it the next day. He's like, Oh, I, and I mentioned I severely urinated on the street last night. Wow. I'm like, What does severely urinated mean? Like, I'm surprised. Well, you think in Vegas someone with a catheter would just run up to you and fucking hook you up to something? No. Well, oh well when did I, well, I told you that? I, well, actually, <laughs> I told them that I severely urinated when we were all standing in the pool, <laughs> and uh, I didn't mention the on the street part as quickly. So, but while we were all sitting right. and sitting in the pool together i said oh man i just severely urinated that's Pause. not something you should tell people in a pool <laughs> no i know i know, I know. You, it, it made you it just even do it there severely urinated severely urinated what is yeah. severely urinated I, that's what i want to know i didn't i didn't go around the corner or anything like that wow. right out i didn't in the know there's levels too. levels of urination yes. well just mildly in, urinate doing in public and then my friend sean who basically was my wrangler for the uh, weekend oh, i saw the pictures he, he was yeah. he, he was like telling me that people were walking by going, oh my god that guy's pissing in the middle of the street and like but oh it was, it's really There are like, two photos that Sean has that you got to put on the Facebook page for our show. Because one is like it says the start of you at the beginning of the night with this giant cup and it says, you know, big beer or something. And then the second one is just you flapping your hands like a bird completely <laughs> fucking the hammered. Night, yeah. I, I, completely I hammered. And it's like, whoa. And then the third one is you just sitting down looking just dead inside. Well, I passed oh outside. God. Yeah. Well, Dave asked me when I came in today. He's like, so have you had any drinks since you got back? I only got back last night. Right. Like, I have been drinking for a week straight. Like, I love drinking. Sure. I think I hit the wall. Like, I can't even imagine drinking right now. Well, like, I did it. I finally did it, did you guys. It. I maxed out on booze. Thank I you, Vegas. I, Thank thank you, Vegas. Yeah, I was I was feeling a little bit boozed out myself. It's so weird to walk around Las Vegas at nine thirty in the morning and you can because you can drink anywhere. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so weird to see people with like king cans and like giant like novelty size like uh, know. you know uh, drinking cups. Right. You know, to be at, fair, like, that's twelve thirty our time, so I felt fine. Now <laughs> you know a lot of comics go to there and then they come back and they do the hack jokes about how everyone's gigantic and huge and was it. <laughs> really that bad yeah julian was actually julian dion was obsessed with the scooter people right like, there were so many fat people they just were too lazy to walk so they're all right. on scooters yeah and they were everywhere like i didn't just see started... that many not oh not... my god we saw tons of scooter people okay. dave ain't gonna Scoot remember scoot. a scooter he's no. got no he's chance too, as a scooter person he just looks what his options are and that's it put this jacket on <laughs> me find old... me a crack dealer it's fucking friday night <laughs> some old showgirls or something like that that's, that's right but it's uh it is totally the way he's looking at a scooter girls to knock her off it so he can fucking get more action it's like Disneyland for adults. It's well, really totally weird. It and it's, it's built up around like a highway because they have like five lanes on the strip. There's five yeah. lanes going this way, five lanes going the other way, and it yeah. just it's just it's 
it's jaw dropping. It's, it's just stunning. a great place. Now there was other people at the at the uh, the wedding, right? Uh, you said Dave Foley and Russell Peters DJ'd, right? Yeah, yeah, it was and, fun times. Uh, you know Although who else? Who else was at the party? Uh, Shannon Laverty was there. Uh, yeah. Angelus Rukas was there. Oh yeah, Big oh, Edge. Yeah, I talked to Big Edge today. Glenn Foster. That yeah. was fucking the most hilarious yeah, tell thing Glenn I've Foster's ever story. seen. Uh, wait, was, wait, uh, wait, wait. Just so everyone knows Glenn Foster has been a comedian in our country for 30 years. Mm. He's done everything. He's done Just for Laughs. He's been to England. He's toured around the world. And, uh, you know. Super, around the world? Yeah, he's played in oh. Europe and stuff oh, like okay. that. Yeah, and for the troops and stuff. It's... Okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not questioning his resume, but yeah, I. Uh, well, but, but I just want to build this up so when you make fun of him, everyone understands him. That Canadian guy. That Canadian guy. He's that Canadian guy. He's been on our show before. And we've yeah. mentioned him many times in an anecdote. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, Russell started playing a. Uh, Smells like Teen Spirit, and that <laughs> doesn't wedding, that yeah. doesn't normally equal. Hey, let's get out on the dance floor. But man, Glenn Foster and a couple other guys that I won't mention just started <laughs> yeah. jumping around and going crazy Rocked to that song. Out. And uh, I, Glenn uh, and I are somewhat alike that we like to recapture our youth in in some ways. And <laughs> Is I, that what you call it? Yes, <laughs> I Plus, call it making a few too many uh, bad judgments. I think. Oh, okay. Well, I, I yeah. Okay. Well, I could call it that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I was uh, hanging around. Did he around. put a jacket on and try to ask a girl, should we buy crack tonight? Well, <laughs> was that just a girl, Christina Walker. Living the young it. dream again, is I it? Didn't, I didn't buy the crack, of course. Right. But, uh, that jacket was pretty pimp-rific. It is. Sure. It's, it's, it's Little an, pockets it's to hide the crack in. Nice. All the stripes going on. Um, okay, but go ahead with the Glenn Foster story. Sorry. Oh, just his uh, teen, it smells like teen spirit comes on, and then he just started jumping around and going oh madness God. on the dance floor. He fucking looks like Jake Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man. So imagine that guy just getting up and just rocking out, which is what Kurt Cobain wrote that song for, Guys Like Glenn, right? To just get their inner oh. rage out at weddings, right. you know, 20 years past the time they should be rocking out on the dance floor. It was 1993 all over it again. Was. It was hopping around. And it's just, uh, like, I would go to the Jersey Shore. They had two swimming pools at the Flamingo. They had the uh, adult, more family pool. Uh, and then they had the 21 and over pool, which was like uh, the Jersey douche Everybody bag pool. Drink, oh, yeah, we, yeah, first we call it the Jersey Shore pool. Then we changed the name to the douche pool. But uh, it did have waterfalls. It was fun. It never got to be that just Dave pissing. So, <laughs> no, no, no. This is severely urinating in the pool. <laughs> but I like, oh, we called it the adult pool. It's the, right. the ones more, the quieter, more adult pool. And, and in that context, adult Girls doesn't getting mean drunk, fucking. like flashing yeah. their boobs. I know. Like, did anyone puke in the pool? Oh, I don't know. That didn't happen. No, 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 that does happen. I'm, I'm just sure saying. I'm d- does. People get all fucked up there. I know. Oh, my God. I got kicked out of McDonald's. Because uh, I wasn't wearing, a, yeah. Because I wasn't wearing a shirt. You know the old no shoes, no shirt, no service. Were you what topless? were you wearing? Like, yeah. Well, I had my bathing suit top and a skirt oh, okay. on, oh. and I couldn't get served. I got no kicked way. out of. Yeah, they bounced me out of McDonald's. I uh, like who's. Bra- I had a lot of boob problems on the weekend. I remember my bra was annoying me the night of the wedding. So then I just started playing with it. Like I turned it into knee pads. You guys were wearing it as necklaces. Hey, I oh, wore, I saw that picture. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's who I was wondering whose bra that was. I, I had nunchucks. Yeah, I didn't even know where my bra was by the end of the night. Just so you guys know on the radio, like I'm really flat chested. I don't even need one. But. Well, maybe that's oh, why they kicked that. you out. They kicked you out of McDonald's. Someone tried to fry your, your chest. They thought there were <laughs> eggs, and that's they, time they to leave. They saw my egg McMuffins, and they asked me to leave because it was after eleven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we, unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. Uh, today's uh, show, we have two guests. Uh, first up, we have entertainment reporter from the Toronto Sun, Jim Slotek, and after that, for the second break, we have Mark Little from Picnic Face and Roller Town. So we're going to be coming back with Jim Slotek. And hopefully maybe more stories about Vegas. Vegas! Maybe. Just rolling out of the gutter? No way. Us too. 
This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey there, this is Brett, Stoop, and Stephanie from A Primitive Evolution, and you are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack. from the break and uh, join us in the studio is uh, from the Toronto Sun Entertainment reporter Jim Slotek uh, for many years covered the comedy scene only a handful of people to do it from Toronto for at least uh, 20 years and now uh, does uh, other things including uh, movie reviews and other entertainment reporting but we talked before uh, we even came into the studio uh, in the lunchroom and you said to me that uh, one of the only things you'd only missed one or two just for laughs in the last 25 years uh, starting from 1985 I was there solid until uh, um, the, I, I guess the early 2000s, I, I missed one because I, I had a, um, a sabbatical, actually. Right. Uh, and I, I've missed a lot. We've, st- we've stopped covering uh, Just for Laughs, uh, partly because I'm concentrating entirely on movies. And newspapers, you may have noticed, are getting smaller and right. so are their staff. <clears throat> right. Um, and you were doing some stuff for because uh, Just for Laughs is rebooting in Toronto this year. And you were talking to Kelly Carlin about her appearances uh, coming to Toronto. Yeah, she's she's coming in. I, I guess she does a one-woman show uh, of recollections about her dysfunctional family and, right. and all that. And uh, th- and that's what's what's kind of weird about this return of Just for Laughs is it's not a lot of stand-up comedy. I mean, there, there is, but they you know they, they left the city having lost a lot of money here, mm-hmm. and I didn't think they'd actually ever come back. But now they've come back, and they're doing things like you know the comedy stylings of David Suzuki. Right and uh, and things that they're they're trying arty things and and sort of uh, um, you know like poetry slam type things. It, it, it's called JFL forty two, which which refers to the number of acts right. apparently or, or shows. I think they're probably th- saying also because I think the other kind other times they came they brought in a lot of acts, so I think they're kind of trimming it down to forty two, so they can kind of you know at least highlight those shows and not go too overboard. I think in the other years they probably were maybe a little too big. Well, they they tried to do the outdoor thing, which yeah. which blew up in their faces big time because apparently it cost a lot of money to rent Dund- Dundas Square, right. and uh, it just it just did not pay. And, and also, were a comedy lot of... outdoors is not the greatest experience, anyway. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, no. Well, they, they do that <laughs> not on that of... corner either. Watch right. your wallet. They yeah. do that uh-huh. in a lot of like European festivals, like rock festivals. They'll have like a comedy tent. But that's a tent. That's not outdoors. It, that's it, enclosed. It's, well, it's, I guess it's a more controlled environment. Yes. I mean, it is still. It's not. In, in like a, in like a San, club or anything. San Francisco but. Festival has one at Golden Gate Park that's all day long, five minutes each set. It's right. just comic after comic after comic. They the still park. do that? Well, I don't know. It was a long time ago I saw oh, okay. it. okay. You're right. Well, what, actually, one of the things, I, I mean, in Darren's intro, you, he uh, referred to you as a, a writer for the Toronto Star, but we were talking Did earlier. Did I say Toronto Star? Yeah, you said Toronto Star. I'm sorry, but Toronto, Toronto Sun. But the Toronto, no, no you said Toronto Sun. Oh, okay. Uh, but, you're, it's, <laughs> but you write for, like, the Toronto paper, or the, the Sun across the country. Yes, they, uh, in, in, uh, it's, it's the marvel of, uh, of streamlining, I guess, in the newspapers now, because uh, the Tor- Toronto Sun chain has 42 dailies. Right. And that doesn't just include the London Free Press or Calgary Sun includes things like the Kenora Daily Miner and the Simcoe Reformer. And uh, they pretty much let uh, everybody go at all those places and fill it with stuff I write, uh, which is fine for me, not so great for the people there, but it is kind of a homogenization. You know, newspapers are, uh, well, kids don't read them. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I mean, and then does it does it bother you that you can't get as local as you used to when you were like reviewing like it, local comics or or bands or anything like that? It does sometimes because they'll, they'll tell me to take a Toronto a local Toronto reference out of a story because of how it might not play in Calgary. Right. And I'm like, would this happen in the states? Would they say would they take a Soho reference out of something that happens in New York? You know. Right. Uh, but apparently the um, uh, uh, it, the hostility out there is so strong that that. Any reference to Toronto at all would make people throw the paper in, into the garbage or something. I don't, I don't know. know if I really believe that because I know that, like, when I first went out to Vancouver to do stand up, there were, I just, uh, out of a nervous tension, I just immediately tried to, like, take a shot at Toronto as soon as I got on stage. And uh, most of the time it didn't even go over. And I was talking to a bartender that just said, you know what? Uh, a lot of people like Toronto, but just don't uh, make that big a deal out of it. You know, they just, I think that, that hatred that we all think that the rest of the country has against the city of Toronto isn't as, as big as people might it's think not as it big. is. It, it, it is there in some, I, I know some people, I have good friends who uh, we carry it on just sort, sort of in, in a rude manner. Uh, <laughs> but, my, my, oh my God, you guys, sorry, I have like no voice. <laughs> Freaking Vegas. Oh, what have you been Anyways, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, my uncle hates Toronto. He's always like, I hate Toronto, I hate Toronto. I was like, when was the last time you were in Toronto? He's like, 1984. Right. Like, well, <laughs> those people might be dead now, so maybe you want to come back and try out some new people. Like, my wife's aunt and uncle ca- came uh, for the first time in 10 years to Toronto, and their car got broken into at the Eaton Center. So really? they were So they were here for one day in 10 Ouch. years, and, and that happened. So, you know doesn't happen to me. No. No. I've lived in four different cities. I've lived in Vancouver, Ottawa, LA, and Toronto. And the only city I had the most crime happen to me was Ottawa. My car got broken into two times. My apartment got broken into. My purse got stolen. All And that Ottawa. was all just an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I, had, I had my car broken into a little while ago in Toronto. And uh, I swear to God, I think people left stuff for me. <laughs> it was like one of those things. Like, oh, man, this guy doesn't have anything. Where's that, where's that bag of bag. CDs that we have? And we'll just leave <laughs> the CDs on us. Put a sign up saying, door is open. Yeah. Don't smash window. Now, uh, you've moved over to movies. But the one thing before we get and talk about that, because I've got a lot of questions about that. Uh, because you covered comedy for so long, and now you still covered a little bit, but not as much. Is there anything that you miss? Because I mean, when you covered for as long as you have, and you're not seeing as much of it, is there anything that you really miss? I, I miss seeing young comics, and I, I, I used to be a full time judge almost at, at you know. Uh, oh yeah, things the, became the yeah the search funniest, for Canada's funniest comics and, and funniest all that. people with a day job and all right. that stuff. But it's amazing all the people that came came through those things. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jerry D now yep. and. Uh, 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 Russell Peters back in the day. I, th- I think I was the first person to give him a notice in the paper in the early '90s. Right, and that that came in handy years later when uh, my my editor, who's not my editor now, but uh, at, at the time, said Russell Peters is huge. You think if you called him up, uh, he would let you join him on tour? And I said, well, maybe. And I called called Clayton and his brother, and sure, and they said, yeah, come on. And so I was there with Russell's posse, <clears throat> looking as white as I could be. But right. uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. because I'd given him that uh, that plug years earlier, uh, you know, I had some cred with the guy. And I, comedy, uh, I, I, I do miss the young comics. It, it does sadden me a little that uh, I'm not as plugged into what's going on at, at the open mics at the moment. Right. What uh, one of the things that uh, you we were talking about before the uh, we went on the air was uh, you were down in uh, Los Angeles recently at that uh, what is it, that uh, press conference for uh, the Clint Eastwood Clint Eastwood his... movie uh, uh, yeah the uh, Trouble with the Curve it's called it's a right. baseball movie and uh, and no one else had brought up the uh, incident from the uh, the Democratic the uh, empty chair thing yeah well from the Republican uh, National Convention right and his uh, his uh, comedy duo the empty chair and I could understand if it had been asked to death but in fact. 
he's only uh, talked about it to his uh, local paper in Carmel called the Pinecone. Right. Now, I'm sure the Carmel Pinecone is a fine publication, hmm. but it really, after something like that, it really sure. behooves you to perhaps tell a larger audience yeah, what you're going paper. for. Yeah, national paper, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or just even a press conference full of, of national papers. Right. But the strange thing was that I became the story because I asked. So there was there was a, a movie li- movie line actually kind of chastised me for movie line used to be like I don't know if you know that that po- it's like online now but when it was in print it was like Spy magazine for the movies they yes never, yes yeah it was really edgy and acerbic and now it's it just dry humps uh, movie stars they're all puff right. pieces of yeah. just like promoting yeah. someone's <laughs> next piece of garbage so I, I yeah I I was the buzzkill at the love in well, what did what did you what, what, what did you first think of the uh, Clint Eastwood uh, talking to the empty chair I was a bit that didn't work. It didn't work. I don't think it was a time to pull out some new material on a show like that. <laughs> yeah. He definitely was. But, I mean, he admitted but, to the fact that he just showed up and thought about it at that moment. It was a mother load for 10,000 comics who brought a chair up on stage the next day and yeah. interviewed, you know, whoever they, <laughs> and, they thought that they, they wanted. wanted to. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Angelina he, Jolie. He, he committed to it. He didn't he, he didn't break from it. I mean, he got laughs with it. And uh, sure. I thought, and, I thought and, it was it was the most, actually, it was the most <laughs> interesting thing about that night. And it completely overshadowed Mitt Romney. As far as getting attention, but uh, in the same way that Bill Clinton overshadowed Obama, except that at the Democratic convention, they actually had an ex-president show up. You didn't. It was it was like uh, all the ex-Republicans were in the witness protection program. Oh well, yeah, there was no Dick Cheney, no Condoleezza Rice, no, no Bush, no, no, yeah. nobody named Bush, not Bush Jr., not Bush Senior, or Jeb. You know, it was a Bush-free zone. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly like how I like my women. Yeah. Bush-free zone. <laughs> um, oh, you didn't. Who didn't see that coming? Who didn't see that one coming around the bend? Um, you, you watch a lot of movies, and uh, by being a reviewer, I always want to ask this question: being that, is there was there ever a movie that you loved that? And everybody else hated, like your other reviewers. It was universally panned, but you thought was a very good film. Yo, it happens. It happens often. Uh, um, one I can think of right away because I just interviewed the Wachowskis was uh, V for Vendetta. Right. I love that movie. I thought it was. I thought it was a terrific movie. And yep. man, did it! It got roundly panned. Yes. But I, at the end, uh, when we did our first decade, end end of the decade, I, I picked it as one of my top ten. Okay. But uh, it happens. And universally, was there a movie that you hated that everyone loved? Um, it 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 happens. Um, I'm trying to think. That that one doesn't doesn't come to mind as easy. It happens <laughs> happens more often the other the other way where right. I, where I, I love something. It. But I'm I'm sure I'll blurt it out in about five minutes. I always <laughs> you know what you know what one movie is that and I always have an argument with people about it is the uh, Nicholas Cage one is the Leaving Las Vegas. Oh yeah, and uh, where he drinks himself to death and that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. I hated that fucking. Well, movie. you know why on, you hate it? That's Dave Martin Friday Night. Well, I just was like, <laughs> oh man, I'm on watching the, my own reality hand, show. And the, and this is no <laughs> lie. The Toronto Film Critics Association gave Nicholas Cage Best Actor for uh, Port of Call New. Orleans, the Bad Lieutenant movie. He I did. thought that was good. I like that movie. It, it was him losing his shit. And that's yeah, what he does right, best. Right. And, I, I, and there was an iguana singing, "Please release me." Yes. <laughs> well, what I, do you want from a movie? I like. I enjoyed that movie. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things that, because uh, I know, like, I mean, uh, another well, fellow writer, Andrew Clark, who's written about comedy Andrew before, very well. and uh, I've all, and a lot of comedians always get uh, angry at, at at critics and stuff. But I always think that the uh, good role of the critic is because they can break down what artists make. We had sh- guests on the show last week that weren't really all that quick to be able to describe themselves as a band, and I could listen to their a couple of their songs and immediately think of like three bands that they kind of sound like all mashed together. But uh, something also was new about it too, 
And uh, I guess how do you, how do you where do you find the role of the critic when breaking down what artists do? You mean comedy or just well anything? comedy or any or, or music or even movies because someone can do something amazing in a film or on stage and then they just think it's oh it's that's just what I do. Well, you look for analogs. Um, you know, obviously the it, it, it may sound lazy, but if some if somebody is is clearly influenced by somebody else and sounds a lot like them, then you know like 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 uh, sort of freestyling. Uh, uh, punchline comedians and surrealists so you know mitch hedberg had a lot ha, had a lot of stephen wright in him but in the, then he had his own had his own stuff um i i uh, i like seeing comics repeatedly because then i can see whether they're they're writing new material mm-hmm. uh and i had uh, jeremy hotz actually once cornered me in in montreal Yes, and, and I was, like the word cornered. Very, I just like well, there were I think there were comics all around us waiting for us to fight, like fight, fight. fight. <laughs> yeah, but but because I'd reviewed him and said that he needed new material, basically, yeah. and he did. He came up with the that's, hang the well, hang dog. That's fair. If if he's doing old stuff, stuff you know you've heard before, that's yeah. fair. And 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 despite you know not acknowledging as much in our in our encounter that night, he did come up with that new now not so new persona. Of right. the everything shit persona with his hand over his face and all right. that 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 came that came after that. So I had I had to think I had some effect. Right. Well, it's just it's it's always funny to me when like comics freak out when one reporter who's and it's just his one his one opinion, one guy's opinion. I mean, even though you have a reach and a lot of people re- might you know re- read what you write about a guy, but I know comics that freak out when someone doesn't find them funny, and it's hard for them to shrug off the like, hey, it's just one guy. And the thing is, you, you read that guy and you start to know where his taste lies, right? Right. So in, in my case, it's like if I ran into this person at a party, would I be interested in what they had to say, meaning the comic? Mm. Or would I be like edging toward or saying, like, drinking faster so that I could say I have to go refill my drink? Right. <laughs> um, you know, I like, I like comics for what they have between their ears, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't care how loud they, they, they deliver it. I don't care... I'm I'm not I'm not about style. I I like I like what I hear. So I'm glad that political comedy is back and big. I like and and if people read me and they're they're into like uh you know the 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 nasty show stuff um not necessarily my favorite stuff. So they wouldn't be reading me for that. Uh, well, we had a uh, we had the Now Magazine critic uh, Glenn Sumi on, and nice guy. I, the, yeah, 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 nice enough guy. Uh, no, he's a fine. He was, he was a, really yeah, sweet. He was, he was, he was a fine was, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I wanted to ask him because I think early in his when he jumped over from reviewing just dance or something like that, uh, <laughs> dance to, to comedy. Dance yeah. to comedy. <laughs> when he went over and he started reviewing comedy, he uh, reviewed one comic and. Uh, <clears throat> He referred to uh, their uh, in- insightful observations about airplane food, and you couldn't oh, r- reading it. You couldn't tell if they were being sarcastic. Uh, and I wanted to ask him, and I'll ask the same thing to you: uh, Have you ever, uh, you know, uh, written something amazing about someone, uh, you know, early in, in your career of uh, writing and reviewing, uh, and then look back on it and going, "Oh man, I can't what believe was I, I, what was I thinking?" Yeah, like it's like did I really like this guy. Yeah, or just even did did I really find that? Or brilliant? even even they didn't live up to the hype. Like, like for a year, someone can be very hot and very good, and then, like you said, if they have no new material to back that up, it's kind of like, oh man, what kind of happened there? Uh, well, I was kind of when it pops into mind, I was unprepared for how lame Dane Dane Cook was going to be. Right. Uh, I thought, you know, to be that popular, there has to be some there there. Right. And then then I got in, and it was like, wow. And 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 I, I was diplomatic about it. I said, let's just say it's like the Beatles when they played early on, and you couldn't really hear the music. Because right. it was just people screaming and and 
Well, we actually, I don't know that. if you remember, we had a little bit of a back and forth about your article about Dane Cook a few years ago oh, on, right? through email. Yeah, because we, we got into the territory of my argument was like if, you know, when you give someone like Dane Cook press, you're almost feeding into his per, his persona getting bigger and then it's kind of biting you in the ass. Like the media kind of projects someone bigger and then once it becomes so big, it's kind of like, well, what's left? I don't, I don't think the, he's something kind of new. He's more of a Russell in, in that I, I think he was created online. The, yes, I, yes. I, I don't think that Media Buzz built him, un- unless you're talking new media. Yeah. No, no, you I'm, definitely I'm talking like media in general. From MySpace. Yeah, in yeah. the, be- in the beginning, but I'm talking about for those tours, yeah, he was getting articles everywhere because he was playing massive places. And even just because you're playing massive places, to me, if they're not doing anything original, why give them the press when they're already playing somewhere big? Well, and your answer to that was, well, a lot of people are interested in the fact he's playing big places. That, and that year, there were three acts that sold out the Air Canada Center. Right. Uh, one was Russell, one, one was Dane Cook, and yep. one was Larry the Cable Guy. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. I, I don't get Larry the Cable Guy, uh, you know, but, man, I got a neighbor who, who loves him. He loves hey, all the... the my dad colors. loves him. Yeah. You know? What am I going to do? <laughs> you know, it's... it's it, <laughs> What, what what can you say about somebody that sells out an arena? I mean, good for them. Well, I mean, but I mean the Dan Wheatley, Larry Cable, the Larry the Cable Guy's real name. I mean, he's he's playing a character. I mean, and you can't. Do, I mean, Dan, Dan Whitney. You, Dan Whitney. Dan Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What did I say? Wheatley. Yeah, Whitley, close I think it. you said Wheatley. Uh, that's a, he's a hockey what, player. He's not. He, there isn't a real Larry the Cable <clears throat> Guy. He's not like a real no, person. He's a, he's a persona. He's a sure. persona. Sure. But I mean, it's sort of like a. I mean, do, is he kind of looking down? Is he kind of like you know giving a wink to other comics when he says, "Hey, look at this. Look, I can fill an arena with these shitheads if he, and make if them he laugh." Ever, if he ever was, that's not what he's playing now because right. uh, it's it's about I speak for those people because he had he had this back and forth with. Um, who the heck David, was? Cross. David, David, David Cross. Cross, yeah, that that I I thought was like blue state, red state for sure. Right. You know? Yeah, because here's here's a guy that uh, people people who read are into, you know. Right. Uh, and and uh, and then the other guy who's standing up against all that book learning. Um, you know, both sides of that argument had real holes in it. I felt I felt I loved I loved some of the stuff David Cross threw out there, but I yeah. also thought some of it was a little you know holier than thou. Yeah, well, that, in that argument, he is he is of of his environment, you know. I mean, yeah, he's, no, he's an I urban... mean, I come across holier than now. I know the, the the deal, but I'm just saying when I when I read both sides of that argument, the Larry the Cable Guy, and I think now I think a lot of people have softened the Larry the Cable Guy because of all of his charity work and oh, yeah. his acting work, and they realize and he's a to- he's Tomater the the tow right. truck and yeah. cars. So and... I mean, you know, time heals some wounds. Uh, well, but, I don't. And, I mean, and wounds some heels. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. he's been around for so long too. It's not like he's a, like a, just a phenomenon anymore. He's he's there. He's these he's, these overnight phenomena that kill me. Like Patton Oswalt, who was around in the nineties, uh, you know, and uh, it's uh, but he's an overnight sensation. Or or, or Louis C.K. You know, also around in the nineties. Like I used to I used to get into uh, online d- debates with him on on Usenet, yeah. which was like the primitive. Uh, uh, Cuneiform version of uh, Facebook. What, what would be your uh, arguments with Louis C.K.? Oh, they weren't really. It was. It was. Uh, they'd be like four-way arguments with uh, with um, two other nerds. Two other nerds. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought I was just like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Back no, that, that would that would happen, but not usually by the professionals. Oh, okay. Todd yeah. Glass was on there back then, and yeah. uh, 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 Doug. Um, Doug Bunton? Doug, Doug Stanhope. Stanhope. Oh, Stanhope. to do that. Yeah. One of the things that I always find funny is that you get, like, a lot of uh, comedians that will they'll always, uh, like, there's a radio show, I think it's across country, uh, on uh, CFRB 1010. Jason Agnew hosts a show where he interviews comedians, and uh, I, I know there was, like, another comic uh, who hosts another show on that same channel that... Uh, 
he was tell- talking to me about um, the fact that uh, Jason's not a comic and how uh, only comics should host shows about re- com- comedy and stuff like that. And my response was, well, if if you think that's the case, then there would be no sports reporters. Because, I mean, like, every you got to play the game. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, hey, I don't want to listen to a guy <laughs> review a football game that's never played football. You know, I... I- I have a bit of that uh, insecurity in me to the extent that I did do uh, I did go on Funniest People with a day job. Uh, they had a they had a media night. Right, came in second. And uh, who, who beat you? Uh, a woman named Jane Woloski, who at the time was a she was a CTV publicist, and I think later on went to work for the Blue Jays. Uh, she was pretty funny, and um, and I also did some uh, some improv at Second City just just to have done it. Right. Yeah. Because I know, yeah. I mean, my my, my argument is always like, well, then there would be no sports reporter. So what? 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 Are, you didn't ask me what I learned from it. What did you learn from <laughs> it, Jim? It uh, uh, stand up is freaking voracious. Yeah. I thought I had fifteen minutes of material, and I barely had five. Right. Oh well. Yeah. If if there are no it's, laughs, it's unbelievable. You can zip through twenty minutes. No, I, I, I got laughs, but it wasn't like you know the the, the uh, standing ovation and all that that you thought uh, they would. That be? I thought that that or 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 that I could fantasize about. I, I interviewed Eric Douglas, the now deceased brother of of uh, Michael Douglas, the one who did all the pills. He yep. he played the Laugh Resort one night. Oh, was it the Laugh Resort where he had that? Uh, where he was completely bombing because I love this story and uh, he's bombing and he's bombing and uh, and then uh, uh, he yells out, uh, "Hey, I'm Eric Douglas!" And then and later on he said he got standing ovations and I was there. I saw he didn't get standing and and he was doing other people's material. He did <laughs> he did Seinfeld jokes. He did like like you know water cooler jokes like about the Kennedy compound, the, the sign saying you know trespassers will be violated. Right, stuff, right. stuff everybody knew. But was that the show where where he yelled out that uh, I'm I'm Eric Douglas, and then someone in the audience yelled out, uh, "No, I'm Eric Douglas," and it was like the scene from Spartacus, where <laughs> and people in the audience just started yelling, out, "No, I'm Eric Douglas. Now, I'm Eric Douglas." Somebody should sign a holding deal to the guy in the audience that came up with that. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I that is just like an urban. I think myth he had a good haircut, that... and he got a development deal just for laughs. <laughs> But I know that he did a couple of like it was he was a pretty hacky guy and he was and he's dead now and so. he's dead. <laughs> well, it all worked out. Well, yeah. I, I don't say that's the fate of every hacky comic. Well, no, too, we all dream too about few it. of them really. But some of them go on to uh, be on TV shows and stuff. So there you go. Uh, really? what uh, now? What, as far as uh, I don't know, Darren, what was you you were talking earlier about uh, a question that you had? Well, you know, one thing I want to just get back into the coverage of stand up. Uh, Mark Breslin is going to be on in a few weeks. Obviously, you know Mark for years. Very well. He said that in the mid-90s, and correct me if the date is wrong, but um, the papers kind of did some research and into the stand-ups and some of the articles that people read and they don't read, and they found that no one really cared or read the articles about stand-up, and there was a real kind of sense in Toronto that a lot of places stopped doing articles. Now, not your paper, but some of the other papers kind of slowed down. Did you ever hear anything about that? or? Well, it was a constant battle, not just me, but uh, but whoever we'd have covering clubs. Right. You know, the, uh, the the publisher would come down and say, there were 200 people at that club. What do we get out of that? Right. You know, and uh, I, I, I try to explain that, you know, you might be seeing somebody that, that plays for 200 people now. Uh, maybe they'll play for 100 times that later. But right. it's also about having local roots. Our, our paper's called the Toronto Sun. Yeah. You know, and... I uh, that that may have been what showed up in a, in a survey, but I knew for a fact that if I wrote about somebody who was playing the Rivoli, um, that, or even or even just an article about Alt Dot, 
uh, I, I would notice, I would go there and notice uh, a bigger crowd. Sure, yeah. Because people would, would, somebody, somebody somewhere would pick up a paper in the subway and say, hey, you know, this looks like a good place to go. And right. It's cheap. What, what, yeah. is a, what does a comic have to do to get, uh, like, someone like yourself to write an article about them? Because you, you, you do have to appeal to all these little tiny papers, uh, like, across the country. Well, now it, it just about ain't going to happen. Really? Yeah. So that's what it is. It's uh, unless, you know, unless I, I, I like, do a, an end around my boss or something. Right. Um, you know, as, as they, they amount to favors now because I'll do stuff about the Tim Sims. Um, I'll I'll do stuff about the the twenty five thousand dollar you know uh, search yuck, for Canada's funniest comic. Yeah. You got it memorized. Oh Good. yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'll just there, there's certain things that I'm attracted to that I'll push. Uh, and and but this I di- I didn't even review this last Second City uh, um, uh, main stage uh, opening night because I had a movie thing to do. Well, so, and then someone in Vancouver is going to give, like, who who gives a fuck what's on stage at Second City? Right. Well, that would only run locally anyway. Right, right, right. Because um, <clears throat> I just, uh, I recently became friends with Samantha B on Facebook. But uh, I remember so her did from, I, so I, did I. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Because well, uh, I remember her from ages ago. Uh, she used to have a, a sketch the, troupe the called Atomic the, Fire, the, the Atomic Fireballs. And she was in another troupe in Toronto. And But, I mean, is there any... Could, and, her, and her husband was in a troupe as well. The Bob, uh, the Bob, Bob Room. room. Yeah. Jason Jones. Jason Jones. Yeah. Um, and... So there's there's no sort of like, hey, but if we do a, a story about this comedy troupe now, because, I mean, Canadian comics always have a big deal about how it's ho- so hard to, you know, create a, uh, a, a buzz around yourself because uh, someone in a newspaper might say, well, uh, nobody knows who you are, so why should I do a story about you? And uh, Yeah, I would – when when I had that space and and I was allowed to write about somebody no, nobody knew about, I would often use, use uh, word of mouth or uh, – or I would, I would go to Joanna Downey's thing at Spirits, like open mic there or, or something, and catch somebody who really caught my eye. Once in a while, I could I, I was allowed that that little privilege. Um, but uh, you know, back at, back at that time that the, that uh, the Atomic Fireballs were around, I never wrote about them, but I wrote about the GTOs, who were the other big all girl all girl yeah. troop in town. So, uh, like I say, I had that latitude, but that's disappeared partly because of, of the way the business model has changed. And also, you know, for me, uh, like I get a lot of uh, a lot of articles and, and newsprint, but I find that in the last five years, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot here, it, it's not as important anymore. And I don't know why that is. Uh, the actual paper copy of it, it's more of a, a bonus if it gets online, on the online article with the, associated with the paper than actually just in print. Well, that that's true, and in in fact, I think that probably four times as many people read me online as, right. as do. But but the ones that the they don't pay my salary. No, I know. It's yeah, those yeah. guys. It's those guys in the mm-hmm. coffee time. Yeah. With with the sun open, looking at the sunshine girl. They're right. they're the uh-huh. ones who ponied or somebody ponied up for that that uh, dead tree. Well, you know, just get Nicole Arbor <laughs> to wear a bikini, and then you can do an article and a sunshine girl article. But but <laughs> anybody un, anybody under forty does not read newspapers. I mean, that just sadly seems to be the case. Well, I think, yeah, the, definitely the numbers would be significantly lower. But I do know there are some people that do read it. But is it enough to justify the business model? That's always the problem. Well, it's weird. It's 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 like having a Ferrari that, that is declining in value uh, and you trade it in for a, for a, for a brand-new Ford Tempo. Right. You know, because they'll, they'll never make as much money. Uh, the, the, um, the stat that I saw was for every dollar increase from the Internet – uh, at, in publish, publishing companies, newspapers, uh, there's a seven dollar decrease that uh, on the print side. Right. So that doesn't add up. 
that right. that 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 is just basically a, sh- a shrinking business model, and I don't know the answer to that. It's, it's driving them driving them insane. Well, we don't have a lot of time left, but you're how old are you, Jim? If you don't mind me asking, I am fifty four. So fifty four, you know, you may have ten, fifteen years left in a, a writing career associated oh, with, with print. No, what, to what, live. I'm getting out of here. I, I, got, I got my iPhone open. I can make it happen. Darren's going to shiv you no, in the coffee room. But, but what, what I was going to say is not to get all uh, you know all the business, but. Are you glad that you're that age now and you're not 24 in this business? Oh, oh, hell's yeah! You know um, what I mean? Like you kind of saw the rock and roll when, period of of what you do. It's uh, yeah, like that, like that uh, slogan on Facebook. I may be old, but I saw all the best bands. Right, right. Um, when I when I graduated from journalism school, it was like a hockey draft. Right. You know, all the big papers would come and and they they interview the the uh, the key the, the the top graduates and then offers would come in. Right. Now um, they don't even call them journalism schools anymore. I, I spoke to uh, a class uh, they, at Centennial College. They changed journalism to media writing, right, right, um, which I think covers it better because most of these people, if they if they write, it's going to be for an advertising agency, a publicity company, something like that. But journalism, just a, as a general thing, you know, I, I mean, when when I'm at a Clint Eastwood press conference and he has not publicly for all intents and purposes, talked about what he did at the Republican convention. Yeah, the biggest news story of the week. And nobody is going to fucking ask him that question. Right. And these are supposed, it's supposedly a room full of journalists. Right. Uh, I don't know where we're at. Yeah. Are are, are the benefits better, uh, you know, reviewing uh, movies and films? Um, well, um, if if I'm on a junket, I I can have a martini at the Four Seasons. That's pretty cool. Right. Um, (laughs) But uh, if you're with a comic, you'll get a draft beer, maybe. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> some free popcorn. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a union Here's member. Bar nuts. We, yeah. we get paid yeah. pretty well. Yeah, yeah. A, a draft uh, beer that comic took off someone else's table. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, not, nothing. Nothing beats uh, comedy club food, though. That's always the best. Oh, oh. isn't that the weirdest? It's just, <laughs> when I, whenever I see people like dining at a comedy club, like Oof. a guy taking a date out to a club, I'm yeah. like, oh, really? That's your yeah. Not very. Yeah, you don't, you don't like deep fried well cheese and check out the bathroom. You have to shit in later. That's yeah, what I exactly. exactly. <laughs> you don't know where that cheese has been. Uh, oh, I want to thank uh, Jim. Some motherfucker. <laughs> wow, you're going, my mic is turning into like a, a bad personifying my penis. So. I was going to say, <laughs> gone flaccid on you. Exactly. Well, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Well, that might be just like a, a Vegas representation oh. of my Vegas years. Open up your son to the sunshine girl. Maybe oh, they'll right. stay up longer. Hey, oh, there you go. Can I ask what's was that with the uh, the the Toronto uh, or all the suns? Do they have like the uh, bikini girl on mm-hmm. the cover, and then in the back they have? Well, it's the same bikini girl actually. Th- that. This, Why is she more respected? That paper is it, well. It's it's been so bipolar about this thing, uh, about the Sunshine Girl. I, I think most of the most of the staff would have liked to have seen it go a long time ago, but it gets a lot of ads in. Sure, unless it gets too tardy, and then then the ads go. The 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 idea is the ads go away, but they never took that extra step like the London Sun, you know, in 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 England, right? Yeah, with the topless thing, yeah. yeah. Sex oh. sells, Dave. Oh, I know that. Trust me. God. I think I buy one. Yeah. All the, all, I get some um, hooker hats in the back, and then uh, I get, uh, get my uh, blunt uh, sort of... Uh, if uh, if people... I'm going to cut you off now, Dave. Well, We're, done. You. We're done. We're uh, done. If people uh-huh. want to follow you or uh, through Twitter or email, how, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Or well, follow you? I have a Twitter account, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Slotek, and uh, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. I'm, uh, I can be emailed at uh, jim.slotek at sunmedia.ca. All right. And uh, you can Google me and... And, uh, and Chris, read up, Chris and now, up. now you gave that email, 40 comics, and be emailing you in a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've already told them. Got I'm, no time for you, man. I'm unique. <laughs> I'm an individual. <laughs> Write something about me. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you're a star, a punch in the head is still a punch in the head. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. 
and Dave Martin. Hey, this is Bobby Mayer. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Live. Bite the pillow, it's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we are back from the break. Uh, Join us in the studio uh, from the Jerry D Show, Mr. D, who just wrapped a season number two filming. It starts in January and also has a movie coming out this Friday across Canada, Roller Town. Uh, Mark Little is in the studio, everybody. Mark. Hey, hey, hi, Mark. Hey. Hello. Yes. I think he's still a little shocked at uh, the intro there, but yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, kind of uh, had a uh, someone's uh, wafting a turd underneath my nose <laughs> when you heard the uh, uh, bite the pillow. It's coming in dry. Yeah. Can I ask you? But what does that like? I know what the sex part of that means. Right. But what does that? What's that mean outside of the sex part? Dave, you wrote it, so you explain it. I don't know. I didn't. I think that Kathleen wrote that one. Well, then it's which her says, fault. Which says, says something about Kathleen. <laughs> Wait, so is it? A, it's just me. a single entendre about no, sex. Uh, I think. Uh, I I think it's, it's uh, kind of like you, our you, way or the highway. Bite the pillow. There's no lube. It's you know. Yeah, or okay. it's like watch your ears might hurt after this, or you might want to get some gotcha. lubrication. We for don't your normally ears. get called on what if we you're, say. Yeah. <laughs> Man, pretend you <laughs> pretend both of your ears are vaginas, and you would should lube them up nice, before Dave. the show. Should because that's yeah yeah right. that's uh, advised yeah okay. that's all right but speaking of comedy awards uh, <laughs> Picnic your Face film, got one uh, yeah yep. Picnic Face of course won uh, won a, a posthumous uh, award and also um, Roller Town won some awards already as well because it was on iTunes in America right yeah yeah it went on iTunes in America a few weeks ago yeah. right um, so explain the the whole premise of the film it comes out Friday Roller Town is set where and when it's set in some unnamed harborside. Uh, Port Town in right. the late seventies, like nineteen eighty, okay. around the time the disco dies. Oh, okay, and uh, yeah, and it's, so it's a it's a roller movie. Like, it's is it a parody of that or something? It's it's not like uh, like an airplane type situation, right? Like the movie Airplane. It sort of is. Yeah, is it? Okay. it's sort of a straight up parody of this bad movie from the late seventies called Roller Boogie that Linda Blair was in. Oh, okay. Spo- I know Xanadu, but I don't know Roller Boogie. Yeah, Xanadu was in that uh-huh. same genre. Yes, yes. Xanadu kind of killed that genre. It didn't yes. have any legs to begin with. Right. You knew it was dead when Gene Kelly came skating out. <laughs> Xanadu. And I think that was his last movie. Oh, what a crime. Oh, so sad. Yeah. What What is the fascination that, because you're 29, you were mm-hmm. just saying, what is the fascination that like sort of people in their like, uh, sort of like late 20s and 30s have with like the era of like the early 80s and late 70s? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's just, it was so audacious. It was just, it just seems nuts. And excessive and like, it's just, you can't relate. Yeah. Well, and I also just think there's so many ways that we're so far away from that. It's just like even when, you know, people talk about, oh man, they didn't have cell phones back then. And you just, and you think how reliant we are now on cell phones and like social media that you just think, oh man. That's why, that's why Coke was so big. You had to yell all the time to get your point out. There was no (laughs) cell phones in texting. (laughs) Getting me fucked up on Coke. That's the '80s, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Coke, was the, Coke was the cell phone of the '80s. That's yeah, right. it was just. Let me tell you something. Over here. <laughs> oh. so, come on, Dave. You know that. Come on. I wasn't it doing. It was the '80s. I, I, okay. Well, I, I wasn't doing Coke in the '80s, but. Right. <laughs> right, not we'll doing it now either. Along. But uh, what uh, and uh, and and the and what's the grand premise of, of the? Uh, it, it takes place. 
in the uh, nondescript uh, harborside town. Yeah. And then what ha- is it? Is it one of those sort of like we got to raise money to save the roller rink? Yeah, yeah. It's a combination of that, and also we've got to save disco and roller skating. Period. Right. These mobsters who are <laughs> trying to wipe it out, which is like uh, uh, it was the premise of this roller boogie movie with Linda Blair. It, there's mobsters who, for whatever reason, want to shut down. Now, the was was, was this a sketch that you guys kind of wrote uh, as Picnic Face or a couple guys from Picnic Face? Because I know not you wrote it with someone else, and then you just said to yourself, well, "No, let's hold this back because this has legs." Or is it something completely different than that? No, we went into it wanting to make it a movie. Oh, did you? But we okay. made it. We like we wrote a trailer before we wrote anything else. Okay. So we had it in a sort of sketch form. That's, right. That's very uh, hobo with a shotgun of you. Yeah, it was based on that. Right. We, the, the hobo with a shotgun had just gotten picked up on the strength of their Tarantino contest victory. Right. Like they made that trailer. They won. They got this uh, uh, Miramax deal. And we saw that, and we were friends with them out uh, east, and so we decided to do that too. Well, um, what's amazing is that I think that that premise for a movie of like we got to raise money is gonna that will always be like just the the center of so many comedies. Because I was I saw the Three Stooges movie on the flight back from uh, Las Vegas, and that's the premise of their movie too. Is we got to save money to raise for the orphanage, yeah. And that that premise will never die because no, there's so the many yeah, wacky yeah. antics. Well, because anything can happen, and it, it can you can make it go anyway because you can force that down that road. Yeah, that's right. Save the clubhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You know, dying orphan, got to win the game. It's all the same. <laughs> well, it's just raising money is always yeah. the, the fallback premise for every comedy movie. Right. Save Dave Martin's car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need Talk it. Talk in the 80s. It's always going to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This why you have you have a, a you have like a a wealth of coke references that you always want to be in the eighties and my sister got fucked up a lot. Okay, and then you you're scraping for humor to find yeah, from it. Okay. I'm not scraping. It, it was it hilarious. It was rammed down my throat. I lived through the eighties, man. I'm forty one. All right. Okay. Come on, small town Canada. Things got fucked up. Now on your sh- your uh, your show Picnic Face, which yeah. I always thought is like was truly one of the. F- uh, sort of comedy network produced uh, shows in Canada that I would genuinely tell other people to watch. I can name about three shows. Which is probably two. The, I can name two. Well, you can name, okay, I, I'll Picnic say. Picnic Face and? Pe- Picnic Face, uh, Hot Box, and the oh, John okay, Dor- and the three. John and the three. John Dor- yes. show. Yeah. So three shows that the Canadian Comedy Network made, and all of them had such a, a limited lifespan. What was the, uh, can you, is it going to be, is it too tough for you to explain what happened to Picnic Face? No, I mean, um, I don't know how long we would have lasted, regardless. But uh, right in the middle of our season, or right before, but like Bell bought the com- bought CTV and the Comedy Network right during our run, so they mm-hmm. were not in any way invested in us creatively, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it was very easy for them to look at the ratings and see that they were mediocre. And uh, regardless of whether or not those would have got better, it was easy for them to cut us loose because there was no investment personally for them. Yeah, and they never greenlit the, the project. No, they, they never, weren't around for you that. You know, none of the people now running it had their heart in it. You yeah. know, they want to start their own project. It's that old showbiz thing. Yeah. You know, it's the old networks thing. You know, it yeah. was a good thing. We're not saying it's not a good thing, but it's not our thing. It's easy to empathize with. I mean, I think in their position, I would I would act the same way. Like yeah. You, you, if you're going to put money into creative things, you at least want to see them from the beginning to the end. Right, you mean you right. wouldn't you wouldn't have given yourself a chance uh, if you were the head of uh, Bell Media? No, I don't know about that necessarily, but mm-hmm. uh, what I'm no, saying you is can I, yeah, I don't blame yeah, I empathize yeah. a little bit at least, yeah. You know, I, I was at the Canadian Comedy Awards tweeting my my head off uh, very negative things. But the the one the one thing I do remember is uh, and I'm sorry I don't remember his name, but the person who accepted the awards for Picnic Face Probably was Scott, 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 right? Scott, yeah, yeah. right. 
uh, you know, I thought he summed it up very well. I'm a bitter guy. I own my bitterness and an angry dude. But, you know, he made a really strong point about the fact that, you know, you guys got to make a show that you wanted to make the way you wanted to make it. And in this business, just having that, even just for one season, is almost like a dream come true. Well, geez, he said that, huh? Yeah, and, and, you know, pretty, pretty, good, you yeah. know, pretty much in those words. Yeah. And it didn't come from a, like a cheerleader place. It didn't seem like he was saying it to just be nice. He just felt like, look, you know, you know, show business is hard. You know, not always the best things happen, but, you know, accept what you have and work with it. Yeah. Well, you know, Darren might have yeah. heard that speech. The speech that I heard mm. in my ears was uh, fuck this shit. And he threw his award down <laughs> on the ground and stormed <laughs> off. And I thought that was a little uncalled for. I didn't right. think he needed yeah. to do that. No, but I, I That's was the one I wrote for. Him. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this horse shit. You, you know, I, I don't want to harp on this, but it was almost like when Conan lost the Tonight Show and they did that speech at the end it was a nice way to sum up something that might could have been negative and just kind of move on because you're yep. all going to move on to bigger and better things you got sure. roller town mr d show you got your own stand-up and really how long can the how many seven of you stay together you're not 12 oh, exactly yeah well yeah. it also was uh, I, i'd also make it sort of that uh when the ben stiller show got canceled uh and uh, they were put up against 60 Minutes, first of all, but it was critically, critically acclaimed. And uh, when they got the uh, Emmy for that show, you know, the whole cast went up there, and, and Ben Stiller was just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened there. But uh, And it was just one of those shows that, like, it, it would have been, like, they, it could have gone on in another couple seasons, but it just didn't have the kind of ratings that it should have, and they just it just got knocked off the uh, off the schedule. For yeah, that. I mean, we knew what it was. We know what it's like for sketch comedy. I mean, yeah. there's a reason reason that every single network always says they're not looking for sketch comedy right. because it's so rare for anything yeah. to succeed yeah so. and it's hard it's hard so what have you got coming up i know you're you're, you're doing a jfl 42 right uh, yeah i'm doing that uh next week yeah. right and uh what other stand other stand-up things coming up after roller town that you're you're you can talk about or um I'm I'm not sure. Not really. Like, uh, there's a speculative trip to Australia. Oh, nice! <laughs> but I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Right. I met with someone about that yesterday, and it just seemed crazy. Yeah. It. I guess the Australian festivals are like three weeks long. Yes. A yes. Piece, yes. And then they happen back to back to yeah, back. Yeah, on and, purpose to, to for international travelers and all that. Yeah. Right. So, have you ever done? Has no, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, I, haven't. Well, I mean, I I've talked to Deanne Smith about it, and a few yeah. other performers yeah. that have done it. I don't know. It just seems like it's, it's a haul. It's a haul. I go. I went. I went a little stir crazy at just for laughs this year after a week. Right. So I don't even know. I mean, I hear it's much less pressure. It's not yes. like industry everywhere. Yeah. But even so, just. Seems I mean, nuts. you know, if if you know, Australia is beautiful, mm -hmm. and New Zealand is beautiful. If you do both of them together, I mean, I would definitely do it while you're young, twenty nine. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, before, you can. I get, before I get so married. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, I mean, are, are you in, intimidated that your stuff might not travel well? Or, uh, no, I think, or is, I think is it just, just the idea of just going so far away from uh, just, out of a comfort zone? I'm, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe I'm just realizing that the thing I like best about comedy is being in my home every yeah. night and yeah. then just doing a gig every, like a show every night, but then yeah. getting to go home. You are 29. I, I, it's I, the hump. It's, it's, it's serious. And, it, and it's your early get worse 20s. You don't mind eating hot dogs and sleeping on a couch and waking up somewhere different every night. And then in your third, well, you get to your thirties and you're like, you know what? I kind of want to stay home. You get to your forties, you're like, it's going to take a lot of motherfucking money to get me out of my house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a natural progression. And I think, I mean, it's hard. It's easiest for. I find like creativity really comes from the routine. Like yeah. when you're stressing about uh, stressing out about all these things on the road, I mean, that's taking up all my mental space. Right. And then like, so I'm just doing the same set every night. I'm not writing anything. <laughs> right. New. I now, don't know, but I guess this person, I haven't done it for long enough to know. Maybe there's there's a breakthrough moment where you're just like, the road, maybe. 
Um, you know, it can happen. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up now? Six, seven years. Oh well, yeah, the seven years a hump. It's like the seven-year itch. <laughs> Is that it's a, a seven-year itch? Yeah. Well, um, well the lo- sitting on yes. all of these humps. Yes. Well, the longest I've ever been on the road was for eight, eight weeks when I went out out west for the very first time. Ugh. And I, I don't suggest if you're going out west Ugh. or going traveling on the road for the first time, don't make it for eight weeks because near the end, you know, you're you, crying you, at Oprah episodes. Well, and you you just uh, every show turns into a let's get this shit over with, right, you know, because right. and you kind of forget what you liked about stand up in the first place, and you're sort of like, and then it, it starts to feel like a job and then you have to start realizing yeah well it is a job i mean you are getting paid to make strangers laugh yeah. so you got to uh, enjoy it and recognize the ups and downs of it fair enough yeah, yeah. so roller town comes out friday right friday, right yeah. across the country and if uh, our american listeners which we have a great uh, great many of more than canadian where can they go they can go to iTunes and just search for Roller Town, okay. and it should be right there. It should be right there. And uh, any fans of Mr. D, I know it's on Netflix Canada. Uh, season 1 is there if you want to watch that up, and uh, Season 2 starts in January. And if people want to get a hold of you, Mark, where do they go? I guess the easiest place is Twitter, just Mark Mark Little. Okay. It's my name twice. There's a lot of right. semi-famous Mark Littles out there, so <laughs> <laughs> I have to specify. Okay. All right. Well, we're actually out of time for the show. We do want to thank Mark for coming in and Jim Slotech <clears throat> for dropping by. And uh, for uh, the future, we have new episodes on iTunes. What's uh, going on, Dave? Uh, well, we're going to, uh, by the time this episode airs, we're going to have last week's episode with the uh, the bands and the movie people uh, that we had, the horror movie, uh, the, uh, Dead by Dawn yep. uh, people. Dead will Before be Dawn. Yep. Dead Before Dawn. Uh, that ep- episode will be up by the time this one's uh, on air. And, uh, yeah, you can find me every week at uh, DaveMartinWorld.com, both on Twitter and on the Internet. And I'll be at the Ajax Comedy Club this weekend. Yay. <laughs> Go, lady. And you can follow me on Twitter at Walk and Sauce. My voice sounds nicer on Twitter right now. Yeah. And uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, what, the 27th, that weekend, I'm with you, right, Darren? In yes. Niagara Falls, Yuck Yes, Yucks. we are. So come down and watch us. It will be fun. fun. fun, fun, fun. Hopefully, I have my voice back by then. Oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's, well, you know what? You it's walk hard around, to talk. Walk like, it's actually. Clifton Hill, it's ex- like a turd. Like, yeah, it's hard for me to talk. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and anybody cares? No, they don't. But hey, my handle is Comedy Who are on Twitter. And uh, please keep listening every single week. We appreciate that you do. Shout out to Victoria to make us sound good. And that is the show, folks. Till next week. Yay. Yay.